A fee has been paid by the Animal Rescue League for the editorial content of the following program. This is News Radio 1040, WHO. You always like to wait till the music finishes. Week. There we go. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to ARL Animal Connection. Morning, Carol. Good morning, Mick. How are you on this rainy Saturday morning? I like the rain. I love the rain. It's uh, very cozy. Cozy. That's the word. I'm, I'm like, what's the word for just sitting and watching the rain? I was thinking, though, driving in. So I get up this morning at 3.45 a.m. And I have, because I always, you know, get up, take a shower. Mm-hmm. Get all ready. Get all chipper and... Yeah, chipper, put together, the whole deal. (laughs) So I get up, you know, 3.45 a.m., my alarm goes off. I get up, try to go upstairs to and flip on a light. Nothing. Nothing. I got nothing. Yeah, (laughs) I was right. So electricity's out. And happy words come from Carol's mouth. (laughs) Yeah, it was very ugly. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is not going to be... Which I could have done the shower and everything... In the dark, but uh-huh. I would have had no hair dryer. And you've seen my hair. Do you know how long it takes me to get my hair dry? You got a long some time. hair. Yeah, I got some hair. Yeah. See, so, I don't have that problem. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. You could just walk out of the house. You're yeah, good. If good I wanted shape. to, yeah. But anyway, to make a long story short, so I start texting you whining about no electricity, <laughs> which we might as well just admit to. Whining about no electricity and decide, well, I'm not going to be able to take a shower. So I'm still like getting all ready because, you know, I don't really leave my house without at least looking halfway. Right. But I get in the you car. You look wonderful, by the way. Thank you. You're very sweet. So I get in the car and I'm driving and I'm thinking, gosh, I am so tired. And it hits me. No shower means it doesn't, you know, like the shower gets me the awake. Starter. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I do that. I'm going to have that too. Yeah. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. It better get better, let me tell you. But I do love the rain, and it, yeah. is a, it was really pouring when I was driving in. Yeah, I, I um, don't have it here, but back home I used to have a tin roof. Yeah. And at night, lying in bed, oh, listening to yeah. rain on oh. tin roof. Oh, yeah. That was the best. Yeah. And I put a tin roof on my house on purpose for yeah. that. I love that sound. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. It, the only bad thing is for those of us who have pets, since we're uh, on Aral Animal Connection talking about this, the dogs just don't want to go outside. No, mine hit the come out from under the porch, and it's like, really? I know you want us to do what? And so, I'm like, Please. so do you make them get off? Like, so how do you get your dog to just run down, mm-hmm. go potty, do their jobs, and come back in even though it's raining? Yeah, um, I actually redirect them again go potty and stand at the top of the steps for a second and what i found like they'll test do i really have to (laughs) yes you do oh all right then and then they'll go yeah um but of course too with the bulldogs with their noses turned up they're like the rain's going up my nose (laughs) they do it's so true (laughs) um but like in winter when it's really cold i and i ask them to go and they don't. I don't, and I found because I, you know, I train and reward and everything else. But if I even step down the steps, they'll stand there, or they start. You can see body cues of stress, so they're not going to go when they're stressed anyway, because they all they want to do is get out. So at those times, I don't keep forcing. If they're going to go inside, I I have an area set up for them to potty inside. Yeah, and I've just dealt with that because my dogs have had some trauma yeah and one of them was tied to a porch and 
basic that's how she learned to go potty so she does pretty well yeah um but there's times where if you try and say hey come on they get stressed so you know you can see it and they get worried and i don't want my dogs to be worried about me right so i i compensate and work with them yeah and then when the good times happen we keep pushing those and we have some good days and we have some bad days but i've come to accept that because that's my dogs right yeah right you know another um thing that i i figured out but obviously when i started re- looking into it i hadn't figured it out a lot of other people had figured it out way ahead of me i just didn't think of it but uh you know i've got four dogs and mm-hmm. three of them are quite old um, yep. at least two of them are very old um and so one of them's 17 going on 18 and she's now where like sometimes at night she'll be laying on the bed and she'll not get up to go outside right she goes in the bed and so then you have to get up and at three in the morning switch the sheets and everything else so good times yeah good times so i started so i googled that you know hey Mm -hmm. because i figured i can't be the only one who has a situation going on with an old dog and there are things you can buy that are like uh blankets almost so they're kind of soft on both sides but in the middle there's a waterproof they're waterproof all right basically and so i started looking into them and all these people have been writing in you know about you know they got this when their pet was elderly and so basically they put over their sheets and their Mm -hmm. comforter in their bed at night and if their dog goes um, has an accident in the sleep or whatever, they just pull that off because literally just like a throw, yep. put it in the washer, put another one down. Um, and it is like awesome. So Fantastic. if there's other people out there that have that situation, I'm sure I'm not the only one mm-hmm. where they have a old dog that's kind of wet in the bed at this point. Yep. Um, get online and and order one of those they are fantastic and they keep all the rest of the sheets and everything completely dry and you can just pull off that one little thing that's cool yeah and and do it so there are doggy diapers as well i tried that boy that wasn't happening no and the thing is too you can't leave them on once they're wet you got to get them off yeah um because you'll get scold yeah and so there's Pros and comp, but the blanket sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah, and I do know. I mean, I'm not um, being cynical to the diapers. I do know people that have also elderly mm-hmm. dogs, and they do use those diapers. And you're right; they have to make sure they get them off right away uh, once they use them. My my 17 and a half year old dog wasn't going to have anything to do with that. That's and, the other and thing. And like yeah. you, I don't want her stressed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this was Plan B, and Plan B is just working out great. Fantastic. So good. A little tip. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it happens when they get older. It does. I don't even want to think about what happens when we get older, but, you know. You start that way and you end up. <laughs> Anywho. We're moving on. <laughs> moving on. So. Um, We've got some stuff coming up, too. Easter's soon, yes. so we're going to have a, Next another. Next weekend. Th- what? Next weekend. My goodness. I know. So we had Paddy's Day. We did questions for that. Yep. So now we've got Easter coming up. So our trivia question later in the show will probably be Easter related. Isn't that cute? And Easter and bunnies and we cover bunnies. So Yeah. I mean, we should get Will on soon. Yeah. Maybe next Saturday. Yeah. There we go. And Will, for everyone listening, is our uh, small animal and exotic um, co- animal coordinator. Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of background with small animals and exotic type of animals. So he kind of over sees that and those animals when they come into the animal rescue league so we'll see if we can get will in next week but right before easter to talk about rabbits yeah and will and the staff do a great job down to our south ridge location yep uh, that's where we house 
uh, pretty much all of our uh, small animals, our guinea pigs, our rabbits, our mice, and any of those little ones that come in. Um, Will and the team down there look after them? Yeah, they sure do. So, and, you know, this is a great time, I guess, to talk about people who are thinking about getting a rabbit for their kids or family for Easter um, to encourage people not to do that unless you were really wanting a pet rabbit. Um, You know, shelters get in a lot of rabbits after Easter, um, you know, they gave them to their kids or whatever, and then that gets tiring after a little while, and then they end up at shelter. So unless you're really thinking about getting a pet rabbit to have in your family, don't do it. Get a stuffed one instead. Yep, or a chocolate one. Right, or a chocolate <laughs> one, yes. Rabbits actually can live six to ten years. Yeah, and people don't realize right. that part of it as well. Yep. And we ha- and they're pets. They're, they're very trainable. Right, um, even litter box trained. Litter box trained, yep. yep. And they make great pets. Yeah. So, again, like any other pet, they're a commitment and have that in mind, yeah. Yeah. Um, same with chickens. That's right. You'll see chicks around at this time of year as well. Yep. So. How are you? Speaking of that, how uh, are you? Because Mick just adopted two uh, little banty chickens that came into the Animal Rescue goodness, League. My goodness, they're cute. You sent me a picture, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, they're so small. And they're little eggs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that just too adorable? I know. I'm like, I can't crack this. It's too cute. And your intro with your five normal hens went well went well yep yeah. we did the nighttime introduction yep um one of them thelma and louise are their names <laughs> <That's> now adorable <laughs> very original and uh she sits and she perches at night up with the the bigger girls i yeah. guess yeah uh, or she pairs up with her other little bandy friend so and then they i had them out i have a fenced area um inside my main yard which is fenced as well and I had them out, and the two bandies, I stay out there with them. Yeah. This time of year, there's very little cover. And and make sure everything was going well. Right. And they're off trotting around, scratching up. They're having a blast. Oh, that is wonderful. So, yeah, it's good. The big girls, though, are like, what are these things? They were yeah. very vocal the first day or two. and But not chasing them? Okay, if they came around them, they're like, get away, get yeah. away. But, but other not than bad. That, not overtly going out after them, which is a good thing. So yeah, they've they've uh, settled in really well, which I'm very happy about. And laying is a a good sign that yeah. they're relaxed enough to do that. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fun. We are coming up upon our first break, yep. so it's probably good for us to take a quick moment to mention. You can call in with any questions or stories about your pets at two eight four ten forty. Um, two eight four ten forty, and then we had a bunch of people that emailed in questions. So we have three or four email uh, questions on behavior that we'll be getting to here throughout the next forty five minutes. Yep, and yeah. I'd like to say hello to Judy, who I was speaking to yesterday. Great, um, very helpful. I was had a situation, and she goes, "I listen to the show for Judy and everyone else too, because we do that. We run into people yeah. and that all the time. It's really nice to." you say hello to us out there yeah that's great and while we're doing that real quick i'll say my dad's 90th birthday is coming up next thursday so happy Happy birthday early to my dad happy birthday john so anyway we will be back um in just a short time after our first break thanks for a reminder it's my dad's birthday today oh my gosh (laughs) we'll be back back soon you're listening to arl animal connection part of our new more live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Welcome back, everyone. Steve's been waiting on the line for a little bit, so we'll go to Steve. 
if we can. Oh, sorry. I'm, there we go. Morning, one Steve. Comment. Hey, good morning. Morning. Hey, one comment and one warning. Uh, first of all, I, I got a cat that I saved from the pound about 14 years ago. Love her more than anything in the world. Oh, hey, little, awesome. girl, little girl cat named Cleopatra. Oh, how cute. And, um, I got all her toys in the middle of, my, in the, middle of the floor, lived in the floor. And uh, one of them was a string that I took out of the hoodie. You know, a big, long string. Uh-huh. And yep. here lately... Uh, she'll take that string and take it to her food dish, and a couple times it's actually been put in her food food dish. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, pick, so she's had to pick it up and pick it up and pick it up, and it's all nice and wrapped up in the food dish. Yep. And I wonder wonder why she does that. That's number one. And number two, uh, I have an island in my home. It's open floor plan, and in uh, island is my sink. Yep. She's always rubbing on my ankles, you know, and so... About a year ago, I picked her up and I put her on the island, and she's fascinated with the water. And so I turned on the water a little bit, and she started drinking on the faucet. Big mistake. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, I love it. Lo- love her with all my heart, but here, the past year, and I mean, you know, whatever she wants, she gets. But <laughs> she'll jump up in bed, and she'll sit and just look at me, and she's a perfect little angel girl. She'll be out one time and start purring. And I'll try to fake like I'm sleeping, and I'll look at her. She'll just come a little closer, and just one time, meow, you know, and oh, crap. All right, come on. <laughs> and i got to get out of bed, take her to the sink, turn the faucet on. And this could be midnight, could be 2 o'clock in the morning, could be. So, anyway, I love what's on my heart, and that does, I don't, I, a dog, you can kind of say no, you know, no, you know, don't do that, but. I can't say no to my little kitty cat. So, but anyway. <laughs> She's trained you well, morning, Steve. <laughs> you know, don't ever do that because I can't say no to my cat. But anyway, that's my two things. Okay. <clears throat> well, starting off, first of all, <laughs> I really want to meet you someday because you just sound like a major person I would like a lot. So um, love the stuff you do for your cat. You know, the faucet thing, you are absolutely right. I think that's a great message for people. Um, I actually also made the same mistake, and I've been doing cat behavior stuff for 15 years, and my cat named Stitch will relentlessly now meow at me. And, of course, I get up and go turn on the faucet for him. Um, and that's, that's the problem. Um, so... And the idea is, if <clears throat> first of all, don't do it. So take Steve's <laughs> warning. Don't do it. Don't get him started in the habit. But if you do, um, you know, try not to, you know, feed into it and let him get you up at midnight and all that. And I realize I'm saying it, it's harder than that. They um, are going to push harder, too, because it used to work. That's yeah. right. And it, it could be periods of time where they're doing it all the time, trying to get you up to do it, because you did it for a little bit. So um, one thing that I have found that worked on a friend's cat, did not work on Stitch, but probably because I keep getting up, is um, he actually ended up getting a fountain yeah. um, water. And I don't know if you've tried that, Steve, but... Um, my friend actually ended up getting a fountain water and he actually had to start it by putting it up by the fence by the sink on the counter and then his cat would start drinking out of that and then he got to eventually move it to the floor um so there's one success story of that habit but you're totally right in giving the warning out to not even get started with it so um, and the string thing and putting the string from the hoodie into the food bowl, you know, this is actually really common on a lot of cats. You hear it a lot with women's hair ties and how they take them and they put them in water mm-hmm. and they'll be floating in the water. And um, 
you know, you know, strings in the and strings in the food dish, and um, you know, catnip, mice in the food dish, that sort of thing. There's been a ton of research done on this, and really, it's kind of a guess as to why cats do this. But the number one or you know major thought to this is is that you know they look at the food and water as kind of their space, their things, their food, their water, and they're putting what they view as a toy, a prize, something they've hunted down, something into their food and water so it stays safe until they come back to get it later. So um, that's probably what she's doing with that string. Well, that's great. I mean, I love, listen to me, love, well, I'm a big animal lover anyway, and uh, uh Financially, I give a lot of money to ARL and, and all that. But, mm, but thanks. love my cat with all my heart. <laughs> Another quick thing. Uh, my island, she's 14 years old now, and she used to be able to jump up on the bar stool and then up on the island. Yeah. And she's gotten a little older now, so I had to go buy little step stools. And, um, and very smart. All I had to do was pick her up, kind of put her on the step stools. And uh, now she's got little step stools that she can jump, jump, jump up to the island. You're a good my ma- house is spotless, so you know, don't let anybody say, "Oh, can't can't be on countertop." Oh no! But the love of but now she's got little step stools that she can jump up. And then listen, my faucet kind of goes up like a J, like an upside down J. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She'll be when I get up there. She'll take off running and she'll jump up at the thing, and then she pushes her head against the faucet, which is just the cutest thing in the world. You're and, a good man, anyway, Steve. No problem. Take care. Enjoy your show. Thank, Thank you, Steve. You. Appreciate wow. it. Thank you for support. Really appreciate it. That's those stairs he mentions. Is it's a really great idea. Yep. Um, you know, you can buy those actually pre-made, and um, or you can make them. And uh, we have a foster family, um, Tim and his family, and he has a foster cat named Luna. He's been fostering for us for a couple years now because she's quite old. Right. Um, and. She and his daughter got attached to her, and you know the whole deal. But she couldn't get up on the couch. She's to the point now she can't really jump up to the couch even. And he went and bought some of those stairs so she could get up on the couch. And they do really work really well for cats, and I assume dogs that are having lots of arthritis problems. Yeah, Yeah. Um, that's really. We think we might be a little bit stir crazy or going in one direction but we're not the only ones out there we're not i like steve a lot yeah and like but animal people you know it's we love our pets and that's why we do what we do and people um look after them and we're going to have a lot of like-minded people at our auction yes coming up a raise your poor auction we sure are and that is going to be held on april 28th at the iowa event center and we are selling out quickly on tickets we're um so be sure and get yours very soon you can get those online at www.arl-iowa.org but we have over 400 items we'll be auctioning off in a silent and a live auction um, we have pets walking around but yep. we've got some surprises this year we've got great items that businesses and individuals have donated so that's all donated items so all the money we raise goes back to help um, the animals at the ARL live music live music we've got great food um, a wine wall a wine wall and you know what we are going to have to take a break because we're on a hard break time coming up but we'll do that and we'll come back and talk a little more about the auction you're listening to ARL Animal Connection part of our new more live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Welcome back, everyone. We've got some more stuff to do. We're talking about the auction beforehand. We were. But we'll do that again in a minute. But we were talking about our trivia. 
question as we do every week. Yes. So. Here we go. So 284-1040. First person to call in that gets the correct answer. We're going to yep. mail you out an ARL Animal Connection mug. And, of course, it's theme-related. And you'll notice, everyone, when, you know, Mick's been making fun of me for a year for these mm-hmm. themes. But today, he actually is the one who said we're going to be doing, of course, the themes. So I think I have turned him to the themes. It's of, just easier than fighting with okay, you. Okay, there you go. Well, whatever. I'm Challenging. Good with, I'm Sorry, good with it either way, as long as you're on board. <laughs> I'm just going with the flow. I do that <laughs> every now and then. Okay, so, so here we go. First correct answer. The Easter Bunny first arrived in America in the what hundred? So when, there you go. when was that brought to America? All right. So everybody got that? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. What, what century? What century mm-hmm. did the Easter Bunny first come to the United States. States. Okay. Yep. 284-1040, 284-1040. So we'll have people call in and see who can get that answered first. And then talking about the Raise Your Paw auction. So um, yeah. just continue on that. It's a lot of fun. It's it's just an event that's kind of a celebration of pets. and um, Very much so. Yeah. Um, like-minded people. And you can buy, you know, a single ticket or yep. you can actually buy a table for you yeah. and your friends. <laughs> Which is really fun. Lots of it is. It is great fun. I was talking about I'm at a table this year with yeah. some friends. So Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good night. It's just a good night overall um, downtown, so it's, you know, central to everybody. Yeah. Um, so you can don't have to drive if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. So be sure and get your tickets. We sell out at, you know, about 850, 850 tickets, and we're getting yep. close. So be sure and call, get your tickets and your tables reserved, and uh, join us for a lot of fun that night. And uh, all the money raised from that goes back to help the homeless pets at the ARL. So it's all going to a good cause. And it's a 5 p.m. kickoff. Yeah, 5 well. p.m. with the uh, silent auction going from 5 to 7. Live auction then starts about 7.20 and goes until the last item is sold, which is usually about 9.30 or 10 o'clock. So, Good night. Yes, very fun. All right, let's see if David perhaps has our answer to our question on the Easter Bunny. Hi, David. Good morning. Morning, David. What's your guess? Uh, 1700 good man got it that is awesome straight off great david is right uh easter bunny first appeared in the u.s in the 1700s i was totally wrong so i'm proud of you david for being right on that so it was a uh came across with german immigrants as part of their tradition and the kids used to go out and make nests and wait for the the hair to lay its uh colored eggs oh it's very cool so yeah it's actually a german tradition David, will you stay on the phone for us, and we'll get your address. We'll mail you out a mug. Okay. Great. Thanks, David. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling in. Hi. And, of course, if you've got questions, fun animal stories, 284-1040, and we will love to hear from you. I uh, remember as a kid, this is how weird I am, uh, I, my parents would <laughs> Please get Please explain. Uh, so, yeah, you've been wondering for a long time, haven't you? Uh, my parents would get us, you know, chocolate bunnies, yep. you know, um, from the Easter Bunny, and my parents would get us one. And I hated to eat it because I thought, like, you know, if I ate the ears, it would hurt the rabbit or whatever. Yeah. Yep. You're just that's, looking at me with a face like, okie dokie. No, that's where your animal... That's where it all started. I know, you. seriously. I, I like wouldn't eat mine. I would still be in the box, like, because yeah. I just don't want to hurt. Don't want to hurt it. I no. just was like, I can't eat the ears off this poor thing. 
You know, um, in Australia, we have a lot of white chocolate. Yeah. Well, I know it's not chocolate, people. It's, well, you know, people say it's not chocolate because it's white. I know that. But um, I only eat white chocolate. Okay. And funny enough, um, my daughter does too. Really? Yeah. Is that because she saw you just eating that? And it not got so in her much. Head? No, know? it's because uh, my wife and I parted ways reasonably early. Yeah. And so don't know where it came from. Wow, that's just interesting. Yeah, so um, odd. Mine, maybe it's genetic. Maybe. But I, at this time of year, there's white chocolate coming very in very small amounts so i stock up this time of year wow that's really interesting i never knew that about you no there you go because you're not usually a de- too much of a dessert person no. so but now i know if i get white chocolate you're all over it mm-hmm. yeah mm. okay because it's hard to get or harder to get where back home it's well this is home but in australia back in australia it's uh pretty prevalent everywhere yeah including white rabbits wow that's interesting East chocolate rabbits. Though. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, okay, so uh, let's get to a couple of yes. our email uh, questions we gotten in. So the first person wrote in, um, Brittany, and her question was, my dog is afraid of strangers, and sometimes when he's excited, he tends to jump up on people or bite playfully. I want to stop this behavior as I have a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, looking for ideas to stop her dog from doing that. How old was you again, sorry? Um, you know, did not say how old okay. the dog is. Yep. Um, that was just for interest's sake. Uh, the biggest thing is introductions. The You know, everyone wants to teach dogs or animals, sit down, or dogs, sit down, stay, come, all those wonderful things. The biggest thing I work on is actually teaching a dog to be calm in all different contexts. Because the fundamental is if you're not calm, you can't think, and if you can't think, you can't learn. So how do we teach a dog to be calm? Because you can teach all the other things in a week if the dog's not reactive. This guy, what I would do would, if he's jumping on people, um, the arousal or the excitement could be the reason for the nipping. So we set it up so there's safety margins. There's There's a point where the dog won't listen Um, whether you're upset, whether you've got treats, anything like that. So we have to find that spot where the dog is responsive to a point when the people come in. And then we either put a safety leash on it, a baby gate, and then we start rewarding the dog for actually being calm. So the people end up being the cue to do this behaviour. And plus, if you have a safety leash on it, like tethered off somewhere, the dog can't practise the inappropriate behaviour, which is jumping on the people. And, you know, people push or they do all other things to get the dog off. That's still contact for the dog, so it's still a reinforcer somehow. Um, You can have someone the dog knows or your partner at home start ringing the doorbell, coming in, doing trial sessions, and they go, oh, it's you. Of course, then when you have somebody else, you have to take a step back in your training and build that up. But as many repetitions as you can of this, you don't get to say hello until I get this. So you don't get what you want till I get what I want. Mm-hmm. But every time they jump on somebody or get to do the inappropriate behaviour, it's one more in their bad behaviour piggy bank. We want to try and change that round to the good behaviour piggy bank 
and they'll balance it and they'll wash each other out. Now, that that being said, it's interesting because mm-hmm. I want to know if it fits into another question we had submitted. Lynn submitted a question. She has a one-and-a-half-year-old pointer mix, mm-hmm. and her problem is that whenever somebody comes to the door and she opens the door, her dog goes bolting out the front door. Yep. And uh, she, you know, she's worried it's going to get hit by a car. She can't get it to stop. So what does she do? And I don't know if some of those same tips would work about tether, you know, tethering. or. Yeah, you can do that. So when... You teach the dog that he. I like to teach the dogs that they make things happen, mm-hmm. even though we're making them happen. So uh, I teach children, for example, that dogs have remote control buttons in their bottom. So when they push <laughs> the button, they are obviously sitting, so they can't jump and things like that. So when you do this behavior, that you get this. So for that dog, obviously, running out the door is a reward. One of the great ways to teach running for, um, from stop running out the door is. You actually put your hand on the door, the dog is calm, you turn the handle, dog gets excited, take your hand off the door. So the dog is going to make the door open because the reward is going outside. I'd have a leash so he doesn't run off or run out into traffic. But then you slowly start to work the door open. Every time the dog moves, you shut the door and the dog learns that its behavior makes the door open. Mm -hmm. Then you can advance that, do not slam the dog's head in the door that used to be an old training technique wow. and I'm, yep to bat, they call it bopping with the door mm, lovely we don't do that no we don't and i know a cocker spaniel with one and a half ears because of a sliding glass door that a trainer recommended yeah that's terrible yeah so the idea is though the dog will actually from its behavior make the door open then you open a little bit more he moves you close the door and people go oh that'll take ages you'd be very very surprised how quick probably five to ten repetitions that the dog learns if I sit here and wait, the magic's going to happen and the door's going to open. And then you can put a word to it, like wait, and then start asking him to wait for longer. And the dog actually learns that when I get to an open door, I wait for a cue to say go out and okay. Um, and I do that with my dogs coming in as well. I'll open the door, but I use a wait. Plus they get under my feet or whatever that may be. So they, we're learning manners going through doors. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all this stuff too, if, um, you know, it's... We can explain it on radio, but if you need our help, go to our website at arl-iowa.org. Um, you can go to the pet help. Our behaviour staff will are happy to talk this out a lot more, even come out and visit so we can show you how to do these techniques. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, don't know about you, but hearing it, yep, I get a picture in my mind. Doing it is much easier for me to work through. Oh, definitely, definitely. You know... Um I guess we might as well keep going on this, and, yeah. and maybe it's just because the temperatures start to maybe help it get a little warmer. But you know, um, uh, a Mary wrote in, and she has a, a dog, and she said it's a Boston Terrier mix, mm-hmm. and um, it's about three years old, and for some reason it has developed a fascination with pine cones, and so they That's go rough. on walks. So I, <laughs> funny, but <laughs> a bump. Um, if it sees a pine cone, it picks up the pine cone and she can't get it to drop the pine cone or whatever. And right. um, she's worried about it, you know, choking, ingesting, I mean, whatever on this pine cone and wants to know how you get your dog to not pay attention to something like specific, like a pine cone on a walk. Yeah. Um, I would keep some pine cones. Okay. So they're <laughs> going to be training techniques, training tools. And I would find something that overrides the pine cone, so something of higher value. 
So, because what we do is when they pick something up, what's the first thing we do? We race at the dog and go, give it to me, give it to me. And the dog goes, ha-ha, it's valuable. <laughs> and they have, you know, you see them start to scoff That's it true. in their mouth more. The hardest thing to do is to actually go, oh, what do you got there? <laughs> While you're inside going, oh, my gosh, don't swallow it, don't yeah. swallow it, like a pin or, you know. Right. Um, so, I, tr- I try not to make it valuable. And then I go, well, look, I have a hot dog instead or I have a squeaky toy or whatever your dog's really into. But you can set that up at home and start doing give. And every time you give the pine cone, I give you a treat. But then I would actually give the dog back the pine cone for a minute and then go give. And and we call it trading out. Okay. If you've got a dog that's possessive, this is not the technique to do. You want to trade out by throwing the treat or something else on the floor. Okay. But if it... You know, what uh, if it's growling or anything like that, that's where we need to see you and talk through. But if it's simply just, this is mine, I'm not giving it up, instead of fighting with them because it becomes a game and it makes the item more valuable, we're going to trade it out. The reason why I teach give it back to the dog is I'm not taking all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like a game. You give it to me, you get a treat, and you get it back. And the dog goes, well, that's fun. And then eventually, you, um, after you know half a dozen repetitions, you go finish, and we put the pine cone away. Mm-hmm. Then when you're out on your walks, because you're going to change context now, when you see a pine cone coming up and then you start putting give or leave, like don't touch it, and the dog will learn when I see a pine cone, I look at mum, I get a treat. So therefore the pine cone becomes don't touch, I get something better than that. Then eventually we fade out the treats and the dog goes, is it this pine cone I get a treat? Is it this? <laughs> to eventually we're not using treats anymore. Yeah. So we'll go for a break yep. and we'll be back. Yes, we'll be back. You're listening to ARL Animal Connection. More live and local weekends on News Radio 1040 WHO. Welcome back, everyone. We're just about ready to finish it up. Yeah. Goes quick. It does go quick. And I, you know, we had had a busy week. And if anyone Mm -hmm. wants to submit questions during the week, you sure can at www.arl-iowa.org. And there's a section on there for um, ARL companion connection and you can click on there and send the question but um another question it kind of goes along a little bit with this is you know we had a guy um named terry and he wrote in and said his dog um just really anytime the postal carrier comes goes absolutely crazy yeah and he's worried because he said his dog's really sweet but he doesn't want the postal carrier to be worried and Mm -hmm. should he give the postal carrier dog bones to give to the dog is that a bad idea what should he do Apparently, their posties aren't allowed to. Sorry, we call okay. them posties. Yeah, okay. Are not um, air quotes that you can't see on the yeah. on the radio. <laughs> uh, allowed to do that, but I have allegedly seen postal workers do that. Yeah. In my area, and it works really well. Yeah. But of course, what I would do would be sit out, take it away from the door, because I find my dogs, they've started doing the same thing, only at the door. So I have them on a porch on leash and I treat them and we've got a really good relationship with our postal worker. So yeah. we work together. But yeah, it does. Ch- and then you move it to the more difficult context. You get some, always get your foundation and then move it closer and closer or harder and harder. So you've actually then got something to work with. But yeah, changing it to a positive association. Again, once they've triggered and they're all fired up, that's the really that's not the time we want to try and do it because nothing in the brain is really working we need to bring that back 
So if you think about it, green where they're not reacting, yellow where it's uh-oh, and then red when they're firing up, we want to work on the greeny-yellow area yep. um, for change in behavior. Yep. Uh, Bob is on the phone. It's, we just have a couple of minutes. Let's go to Bob, see if we can. Hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Good morning. How are you today? To you talking about the dog with the pine cones and the yeah. forcing with something of more value. <laughs> I didn't realize that what necessarily I hadn't analyzed what I was doing, but I've got three cats and my <clears throat> big alpha cat, he'd bring in a mouse or a mole or something like that and he'd uh, go to eat it and you know I prefer that he didn't yep. and so as soon as he'd come in he has a yowl that he wants <laughs> everybody to know that he's got a kill and so I would just tell him good good boy and I'd get he loves tartar treat okay mm-hmm. would get the tartar treat he would give up whatever it was he brought in to me and get his tartar treats and then I could dispose of whatever it was before he chewed the head off or did something like that good training bob well done but that works what you were talking to her about the, that would work with the acorn too i'm sure very much yeah thank you bob you're welcome bob. there's a success story thank you bye. bye yeah and the big thing is we don't want to be in confrontation with our pets you know if i've got something valuable and you challenge it i'm going to challenge you back right. that's not how our relationship should work yeah yeah so. So the thing with the postal carrier, and I know we have very little time mm-hmm. here, um, is that are they really bark at them because like they come to the house and then they leave, and so they think their barking is getting the people out of the yard. It's I mean, rewarded. Okay. Yep. Yeah, it's a def- normally it's a defensive bark, and yeah. you've got that. Rah, 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 rah. There's actually different barks, but you, you know. Sure. And look at me! Look how tough I am. Made the postal worker run away. So every day it's actually rewarded and reinforced. Yeah. What I'm, what we do in the training is we start to say, oh, I wish the postal worker had come. I wish change that yeah. mindset um, of the pet. So then once you change the mindset, you don't have the barking because the the mindset is not defensive. It's excited. Right. Yeah. We might get an excited bark, but that's easier to work with than a defensive bark. Yeah. Interesting how you think about those things with pets, but that's what yeah. we're here for. So that's what we love to do. That's right, and we're almost out of time again. But please call um, in. We'll be back next Saturday with your questions at two eight four ten forty, or email us at www.arl-iowa.org, and we will plan on having hopefully William here to answer questions yep. about rabbits. Get him out of bed early. Yes, with the theme for Easter, and um, yeah. So and on our website, it was Poisons Week prevention week this week for pets so we have lots of great information because flowers are coming out you know the gardening places are opening so just look for those um, plants that may be toxic to your pets as well as other products around the house yep help keep our pets safe so um that's wonderful everybody have a great week thanks for a great show yet again and paw it forward for afford everyone thank you thank you WHO and iHeart Radio Station. And on your HD radio, KDRB HD2. News Radio 1040, WHO.